breaking. This is breaking news. Breaking news from the Athletic. Only thing I've got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Indeed. More breaking news to talk about here in Cowboys Nation on About Them Cowboys here on The Athletic. And for the third day in a row, Cowboys are making moves. And we're just going to get right to it. We've got John Mishota, Father John, in the house at his house. And we've got Kevin K.T. Turner in the house at his. I am Kent Garrison producing, as always. And K.T., let's get right into this. We we got off the air last night, and right as uh, we posted the episode, Gerald McCoy comes to town and looks to be a good solution on that defensive line. What kind of impact do you think he'll have, and what what could this possibly do to their draft strategy? Yeah, I mean, three years, $20 million. Yeah, pretty reasonable deal, considering that he just signed a one-year deal for $10 million. Now, he is 32. He just turned 32 in February, uh, and this would all be pending a physical. I think we have to keep that in mind just because free agency just now got started today, like legitimately. And right now we're in a situation where guys can't really take physicals with the team. And given that he's 32, I think we should keep an eye on that. But, man, for a base salary of $2.5 million this year and $5 million next year and $5.25 the year after that, feels like a really good signing. This is a guy I think the Cowboys have probably had interest in for many years the way he was used in Carolina most recently is not really the way that I think you saw he, the way he was used in Tampa Bay as like the three technique guy that he's going to be used as here. He's going to be that big three technique guy and maybe he'll bump down on third downs and be, uh, you know, the one tech nose tackle type. You know, he was kind of jumping around playing some defensive end and things like that at Carolina last year. But still had a very productive year, man. Another year he had five sacks, he had six sacks the year before that. Um, so he's a very good player. He's got a lot left in the tank. He is, by all accounts, um, a fantastic guy. And he's also a vegan now. So I'm very excited about the move. The Cowboys needed to get something going on the defensive line. They had to invest in that position. And I think this is more than a reasonable deal for Gerald McCoy, who's, to me, still got quite a bit left in the tank for his age. What about you, John? I'm I'm interested in the whole vegan thing. I just didn't. Uh, you see a guy of the size of him. It is kind of uh, it's kind of crazy, especially because it's something I guess that he's only started within the last uh, year and a half. Uh, he was up for NFL Man of the Year, and all the guys that are nominated from each team uh, they get to go to the Super Bowl. And uh, after the starting lineups are announced at the Super Bowl, they announced all the. Um, all the finalists for Walter Payton Man of the Year, and then they announce uh, the winner. And uh, so he was there for that, and he said that during that experience, that's when he realized that, hey, man, I'm getting kind of old now. Uh, you know, my body's not feeling the same way it used to early in my career. I need to do something to change it because I need to get back here. I need to be – I need to play in one of these games. That's what I have to do, and he's so he – he was talking to some other players about it that had gone that way. And so he was like, I'm going to try this. And so now for over a year now, he's been he's been vegan. So obviously you see there that, you know, he's a guy, Walter Payton, man of the year, obviously a, a good dude. Seems like he really cares about, uh, you know, making a, a Super Bowl type run, which is obviously what you want. Uh, a guy that was a high draft pick, top five draft pick uh, in 20. Was it 10? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm losing was it that? Uh, All I know is it was the same draft. Yeah. That, it was either 9 or 10. I know it was the same draft that Indomitian Sue was there because I remember mm-hmm. I was in Detroit at the time and it came down to like the Lions had the two pick and it was like, are they going to take Indomitian Sue or Gerald McCoy? 
Um, and so they ended up going with Sue and McCoy went to Tampa and they both played well at, at the spots they were at. But um, it makes a lot of sense to me because uh, I read somewhere that Gerald McCoy's son, I believe, is going to Oklahoma. And so it keeps him close to uh, keeps him close to obviously his alma mater being in, in Dallas. And um, I don't know. I, I, I like the move. I, I looked up at right after he signed. It was something like uh, I think he was 32nd or, or 33rd in terms of interior defense alignments and average salary per year with that being just over six million uh so that means 33 guys as of today were making more than that obviously you know with some of these guys signing that there could be more but uh that's pretty far down the list it's a pretty good bargain for a guy that should be able to come in there you know played 16 games last year and and, and be able to really disrupt things uh, that that's the thing i started looking at youtube videos and things like that hearing what some of his former teammates said about him and uh, the linebacker in, in Tampa, Levante David, was talking about how he just wrecks things in the middle. Like he makes the job so much easier on the linebackers um, because he's just he, he does a lot of the little stuff on the inside that, hey, frankly, guys don't really like to do it. From talking to Tyrone Crawford, you know, he's moved inside, moved outside a lot throughout his career. He says it's it's just night and day difference the morning after a game when he's played inside or when he's played outside. So I, I say that just to point out that. You know, people want to just look at the sack numbers, tackles, things like that, pressures. But sure. he does a lot of little things. I think that's that's pretty valuable to have. Yeah, and look, I don't know what this is going to mean for uh, Tyrone Crawford because that's uh, that's something I think you know we could look at the way the Cowboys can manipulate Tyrone Crawford's contract, or they could release him and save some money. But I think this is a sign. Okay, we don't see Tyrone Crawford as a starter anymore. But I wonder if they want Tyrone Crawford back. Have you heard anything on that? That's probably. One of the least talked about things we've uh, we've had over the last you know year or so. So it's funny you say that because uh, you know Jerry was asked about Tyrone Crawford on the bus while we were in uh, in Indianapolis for the combine, and he misunderstood the question at first, and he was being asked like, "Hey, is Tyrone Crawford going to probably have to take like a pay cut here to keep him around? No, you want to keep him around. He's obviously a leader, uh, you know, a team captain guy." And, and Jerry just started going on about how much he he just loves Crawford and. Uh, he's definitely going to be part of the team and, and, and kept going. And then when the second question came in, just kind of circling back, like, but does that mean a pay cut? And, and Jerry didn't want to comment on that, which I didn't think he would. That's generally not what he does in those situations. But I think sure. that could potentially be on the table. And uh, there aren't there probably aren't two closer friends in the locker room uh, than Tyrone Crawford and Demarcus Lawrence. And so uh, I, as long as it's is it something respectful, uh, I wouldn't rule out him him taking potentially a little bit less money to uh, to stay uh, you know here and, and play on this defensive line. If you cut Tyrone Crawford right now, um, you would save eight million dollars on the cap, and you would only have one million dollars of dead money on that. Now that being said, I think this feels like a situation very, very Sean Lee, where it's like, hey, let's rip it up and can we just do another one? Uh, you know, a one year deal that that makes sense for the team. And I don't know, Tyron Crawford though, he's you know, thirty one. He'll be thirty yeah, I believe he's thirty one. He's I don't think he'll have a huge market because he, you know, he got hurt and he's getting on up there. He's been banged up a little bit. But, you know, I don't know. I I feel like he might be the type of guy, just we know how like you mentioned in the locker room, you know he's tight with tank. It seems like he's the type of guy who would take less to stay here. But I'm very uncomfortable making comments like that, though, because you just never know what a person's looking at and what a person wants to do. And a person may be like, nah, I'll go take a little more to go to Las Vegas or whatever it is. Um, so 
Tyron Crawford's interesting, but yeah, I think Gerald McCoy will be your starter absolutely at the three tech. And we'll see. I and mean, they, they still have room to invest in the one technique defensive tackle. I mean, the fact that Snacks Harrison, I don't think anyone snatched him up in the last couple of hours. Snacks no. Harrison's still out there. He had some comments about Detroit and how, like, he was like, man, I did my job in Detroit. You know, the scheme wasn't right. And, you know, and you kind of talking about how he could still clog up the middle and all that stuff. And I think that's interesting when a player comes out and takes some shots at the scheme and things like that to kind of say, hey, look, I'm still good. I still did my job. Go watch the tape. So I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if the Cowboys are going to invest in Snacks Harrison. I was joking around with uh, – I had a conversation with our buddies Dave Hellman at DallasCowboys.com and Jeff Cavanaugh from uh, over at the 105.3 The Fan. And I was kind of making a joke like, dude, would you be surprised if they opened up the season at safety with Darian Thompson and Xavier Woods? They still don't really – or they still haven't shown that they will invest in the one-technique defensive tackle and the strong safety position. And when Jeff Heath signed with the Raiders, it's kind of like, okay, but we did keep Darian Thompson. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, they're going to have to show me that they've done it before I'm like, hey, they're definitely going to go get a one technique or a strong safety. Like, I just don't see that happening. Uh, do you feel the same way about that? Well, yeah, yeah. No, I do. I definitely know. I agree with you. And, and I, I thought that way even after some conversations with Will McClay out at, at training camp uh, when I've gotten some times to, you know, interview him one-on-one and, uh, just talk about strategy and stuff like that, that I know that that's a big thing with him that, you know, the, the, the long corners, you know, with the, uh, the long arms, the, you know, not really having a high value on safeties unless it's like an Earl Thomas and then the not overvaluing the one techniques. That's, that wasn't just a Rod Marinelli or a Chris Richard thing. I mean, those are, those are Will McClay philosophies as well. And so, um, I will say on the safety thing though, um, I do want to see another off season of Donovan Wilson. Cause you know, he had, he had that, that, the, uh, lost my train of thought here. He had that uh, preseason where you know he led the he led the NFL during the preseason in interceptions, and then you know mm-hmm. you go into the season. This team needs interceptions, and he doesn't play. And so Donovan Wilson's another guy that I'm wondering if maybe he fits in there uh, somewhere. But even if they don't take a safety early in the draft, if they don't add another one in free agency, I see them at least addressing it later in the draft. Now I know that's not going to really excite anybody. Uh, but I mean, that's just, I'm sure Cowboys fans are used to this by this point, but uh, yeah, it doesn't look like there's gonna be significant upgrades at that position. Yeah. And then, well, you know, look, we still have a little time to play in, in, in free agency and all that stuff. We'll see what happens. Now I was very encouraged by the move. And you, by the way, too, did, did, did they ever announce numbers on Malik Collins in Las Vegas? I have not seen anything on him. I, I haven't seen that either. Because I, the way I feel about the Gerald McCoy contract, I like it at three at twenty, but I have also kind of tucked in my head. Let's wait and see how much the Malik Collins deal was too, because Malik Collins is twenty four years old, right? I mean, he'll be twenty five when the season starts, assuming we start the season on time this year. He'll be twenty five when the season starts. Like if it's a similar deal, I think I'd rather have Malik Collins at age twenty five than Gerald McCoy at age thirty two. Well, I, I just feel say, that Malik's I think, probably going to make quite a bit more than Gerald McCoy. No, I feel that way too. If if, if you're given um, Anthony Brown five million dollars a year, I find it hard to believe that Malik Collins isn't going to be getting more than Gerald McCoy at a little over six million per year. So it is it is interesting though because most of these contracts they're you know it's different this year because they're not able to give the physicals and so that's why teams aren't really announcing these like they normally do even though the first day of free agency the first day of the new league year started today. 
but it's just yeah. interesting because they're not announcing that stuff. And so, you know, even checking in with sources and stuff like that, it's, it's not as firm as it normally is this time of year, um, because there are those physicals pending. That's why I'm so uh, cautious about, you know, saying sign because that's not, that's not the case with everyone. I know that many of you saw that picture of Blake Jarwin, you know, inside the, the facility signing his contract this week on Monday. You know, I think it was later that day. They didn't even make it to the next day. It was like later that day, the NFL put out, uh, you know, a, a note to all teams that they don't want to have any players coming into the building signing contracts like that. So um, that became kind of a trend over the last couple of years. You know, a guy signs a contract, the team puts it up on their website or they tweet it out. You're not really seeing that. And so, yeah, it is interesting. I haven't seen any numbers. I haven't seen the years, average, guarantees, nothing. I'm Lee Collins yet. Yeah, that's going to be – I'll wait to see that. But until I see that money, I do think the Gerald McCoy move uh, was something Cowboys fans should be excited about. It's, I know I'm, I'm personally excited about him. He's a guy I've been wanting to get in here for years. And Now, I'm glad you mentioned Anthony Brown. Three years, $15 million, Anthony Brown is retained as a Cowboy. I am so pleased that they got this done. I did not know their interest. I didn't have a good feeling for how much they wanted Anthony Brown back. I loved Anthony Brown back in college at Purdue. Had a third-round grade on him. I remember doing the draft live on the air, and when he got drafted in the sixth round, just going, yeah, you know, you're all high-fiving. I love Anthony Brown. I love that he can play in the slot and play outside. I do think he is a starting caliber corner in the league. and By that, I mean a top-three corner on a team. And he's got the potential to be that, and we'll see how they – the depth chart shakes out with uh, Cheeto and Jordan Lewis, and we'll talk a little bit about Maurice Kennedy in a minute. But uh, I was thrilled. I didn't really foresee them keeping him around because I just heard, heard very little about their interest. Uh, what's your take on the Anthony Brown uh, re-signing here in Dallas? Well, it's not a complete shock just because it seemed like it kind of fit, and he seemed to enjoy playing here. And then with Byron Jones gone, he obviously has to see an opportunity there. So when you when you sign him and then you have Jordan Lewis, you know, you have Cheeto, you you do the the deal for for Canada, who I think is an interesting signing, too, because he was at the senior bowl of the year that the Cowboys coaching staff uh, was coaching one of the teams and they were actually coaching Canada's team. So I kind of thought of him as a potential guy that the Cowboys would target in that draft. But he ended up going in the sixth round. And obviously, they didn't a long corner uh, that not much of an investment there. But I think all of those guys across the board just are, are basically telling you, hey, um, we have guys here that can play, but this doesn't we haven't done anything that would negate us from possibly taking a corner at 17 or in the second round or in the third round. Um, because we also got to think about our future here, you know? And so um, I like that signing because it's a guy that obviously knows what to do. He's, I mean, he's started a bunch of games already for the Cowboys and his four years here. Um, you know, he's been a guy that, you know, he started, I think it was over 30 games. And so um, that makes a lot of sense there. And then, I mean, it's $5 million a year over three years. So, I mean, it's it's good for him because you know his rookie deal being a sixth round pick. That's that's four years, like two and a half million dollars uh, on the whole deal. So he already doubled up his whole deal on just in, in the first year of this contract. So um, the other thing is, I, I thought it was interesting you mentioned that you guys you had him rated in the third round because you know that was that that was that draft that 2016 that you know that's going to go down as one of the best in, in Cowboys history. The one he was in there, Malik Collins, Dak, Jalen Smith, Ezekiel Elliott, just uh, you know. Rico gathers just a good draft there all the way around. Yeah, no, that was a fun one uh, that year, 2016. And um, another guy who was in that draft was Maurice Kennedy. Um, and he is 
uh, he, he went to Minnesota and then spent some time with the Ravens and the Jets. You know, I didn't know a ton about him. Started doing a little bit of reading up, and I couldn't get out of my head that Mike McCarthy, you know, before he was hired, talked about uh, spending a lot of time with the guys at Pro Football Focus. And Kennedy had a really good Pro Football Focus grade. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's interesting that Kennedy uh, is going to be brought in here. Uh, good to help remake this. Uh, I mean, look, it's, it's a one-year deal, but good to help remake this secondary with losing Byron and, you know, what's going to happen next year. If you like Kennedy and you want to keep him around and Cheeto and Jordan Lewis are both going to be free agents after next year. Like, I thought it, it's just good to get some depth in here. We'll see if he makes the team. He may not. You know, C.J. Goodwin is a guy who proved that he can play some special teams and has a place on this team. But, um, you know, well, he's like a – C.J. Goodwin's free as well, though. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very interested to see, you know, how they view Kennedy. If he's more of just kind of a bit player, a special teams guy, or if he's someone they legitimately think if they needed to, he could give them some snaps that, as their cornerback three. I mean, do you think this changes anything at corner? I mean, would you, if if they're sitting there at 17 and, and C.J. Henderson's there, uh, don't you think he's still on the table right now? I, w- I do. I absolutely think he is. You know, you know, I don't think anything, when it comes to their draft, I don't think anything has changed. Um, but I, you know what I, what I would say is I, th- I think wide receiver became more likely than it was. Other than that, I don't think anything's really changed from a draft standpoint. I think if Javon Kinlaw is there at defensive tackle, I think you go ahead and pull the cord. I think you do it, you know. Um, if C.J. Henderson falls in your lap at 17, I think you go ahead and do it. If one of those wide receivers, Ruggs, Judy, or C.D. Lamb uh, from Oklahoma right there, if, if they fall in your lap, I think I'm probably thinking a little more about looking around first because of the depth at wide receiver in this draft. Very interested to see what they're going to think about Caleb on Chase on the edge rusher from LSU. Uh, he's a guy who put on 15 pounds, and my biggest question about him was play strength. But he got up to about 255. He just ha- doesn't have production. He doesn't have that double-digit sack season in college that makes you go, oh, but you- you'll see his athleticism and all that stuff. You know, uh, he's kind of in that area of like, hey, I'd like to trade back. And we've said that many times about Delpit and McKinney and some of those guys at safety. But I really don't think their draft strategy has changed much. Do you? No, no. And I mean, yeah, maybe if you get a, a Desmond Trufant who ended up signing, I think it was two years, uh, 20, 21 million with the Lions. If, if a, a player like that, maybe it changes it a little bit. But I just don't think there's anything they've done so far that would, you know, like I said, negate me from taking uh, a corner there at 17 or in the second round or in the third. Um, and then, I mean, the glaring hole right now is still pass rusher. That's why I'm glad you mentioned uh, chase on because that is definitely a, a spot there that I do think that they're still going to be active. They're going to try and make a move for somebody. I don't know if it'll be as, as big as trading for Robert Quinn, like they did a year ago, but I, I still think something will happen um, where they try and address that so that they're not going in the draft with it, such, with it being such a glaring need, you know? And then obviously, you know, there's always the, uh, the Randy Gregory possibility, like we've talked about already many times, and I'm sure we'll talk about many times going forward. I want to ask you about uh, this real quick. I just saw that uh, mm-hmm. Cameron, Cameron Fleming uh, signed with, or is going to sign with the New York Giants. So he's reuniting with Jason Garrett and Mark Colombo. Uh, so there goes your swing tackle that backed up Tyron Smith the last couple of years. Obviously, Tyron's been dealing with some injuries where he's missed three games the last two years. Fleming has started in his place at left tackle. Uh, a solid player. Um, I don't know that you want him to be your starter for 16 games, but uh, 
that's not now a position that they have to replace. Yeah, no, and that's that's on the heels of losing Xavier Suafilo, who signed or agreed to terms with the Bengals today. Uh, and also they're going to keep Joe Looney for one year. So, yeah, swing tackle is something you can add to the mix. I, I don't, you know, with the signing of Lyle Collins, I do – and I'll okay, this might sound insane right now. And I wonder how they feel about Tyron's health. Do you think they feel good about Tyron's health? Because there are going to be good offensive tackles right there in that first round area at 17. And that might be better value than anything else. I think they got to attack the defense. I think they're going to have to attack a cornerback or a defensive lineman. But it would be interesting if they got a guy. I mean, I'm not to develop it or anything. I, you know, I, maybe Connor Williams is your swing tackle when um, and Connor McGovern plays guard. Maybe that's maybe that's kind of your play because you bump Connor Williams out to tackle. But that is a position they might have to take a look at later in the draft. I don't know, I'm not sure how good I feel about them wasting a premium pick or spending a premium pick on an offensive tackle. I don't think I'd be on board with that. You? No, I mean, going back to your 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 first point there on the on how they feel. I mean, they can feel that great. I mean, it's back issues, which like we've talked about before, those don't just go away. And it's missing three games each of the last four years. It's the same pattern. So while when he's healthy, he's one of the better left tackles in the league still. Um, by all means that, and you know, it's funny too, when you, when you mentioned that is, I remember when we did that, you know, mock draft scenarios and things like that. And I think there was something like, and one of them that I did had like five offensive tackles go off the board before they picked at 17. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of guys that are in play there, first round type caliber players at that position. So, man, that it's funny because I know a lot of fans, especially with the holes they need to fill still on defense, would be like, what are you doing? But if you follow the Cowboys long enough, it really shouldn't surprise you at all if they draft an offensive lineman in the first round. That's what they do more than anything else. And so, um, yeah, that that would be... That would be intriguing because that I, I just really feel like going into the draft as we close in on it, as long as it doesn't get back and still stay the same time in late April. I just I feel like we're going to be focusing on a lot of other positions, not, not offensive tackle. And uh, I don't know, kind of takes me back to 2014 where going into that draft, you know, prepping for what they could potentially do. Now, a lot of people were talking about Zach Martin. I mean, it was talked about, but it wasn't like, yeah, this is what's going to happen here. And yeah. then it did. And, you know, there, there we go. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't rule out offensive tackle at all. Let's go ahead and uh, bring in Kent here for this. And the big news of the day, I think, <laughs> is that the Cowboys have come to an agreement with Kai Forbath to be their kicker. Kai Forbath, who went 10 of 10 last year as a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, Maher, obviously, still on the street uh, in these tough times. But Kai Forbath, the Dallas Cowboy next year. Kent, your immediate thoughts. Yeah, I just remember... Yeah, I could pull up the audio here, but y'all didn't just laugh me off the air for... for having this guy as kind of a, a guy I'd like to have back. And sure enough, you know, we're on the first day of officially signing people, I guess. he He's a cowboy. I, I think they they trust the guy. I mean, he came in here and was literally 100% and can't ask for much more. And I'm, I'm not ruling out them bringing in a priority free agent type of kicker and, you know, having a guy kick during the preseason and all of that. But you know, I think they like what they have in him, and I think you know the this new special teams coach likes what they have in him. They've got LP back. I'm looking for bigger things in the, in the special teams this year, and we know we know how many games they could have maybe had last year if it wasn't for special teams issues. So that's an area where I expect this team to be really cleaned up, and Kai Forbath hopefully is a big part of that. And the other one that I I had talked about was Joe Looney. 
as just like a stopgap player, just a really solid piece that you can have a reliable guy who knows this offense who's a great locker room guy um can step in for travis frederick if he gets god forbid hurt uh can play guard on both guards and uh and you know i I, it's just an issue where if you don't have a guy like that you it makes you want to look at the draft a little bit higher at a guy that can come in here and, and perform that way so you know my mind's a little bit more at ease that they've got guys that that they can rely on in those positions on the Kai Forbath thing, I was just going to say, I don't think that this completely rules out anything after the draft, as Kent mentions. Um, I think that this could potentially look a little bit like t- 2011 when he was coming out of the draft. Uh, you know, him and uh, Dan Bailey, there were a few others that the Cowboys brought in, undrafted guys, and they kind of just competed for the job. And, and Dan Bailey ended up beating them all out. And then obviously he turned into uh, a very good kicker. Um, and so uh, I think that that's what happens. I think that you see... Um, you know, I don't know that a lot of teams are going to go another way to draft kickers really high. Um, so maybe only a few kickers get drafted and you kind of have your pick as somebody that competes with him in, in training camp. But I just don't think it's going to be one of those off seasons like we've seen in the past with Dan Bailey, where you just kind of go in going, yeah, they got Dan Bailey. That's a kicker. That's, that's over and done with. Like, I think there's going to be a little competition mm-hmm. for Kai Forbath. Sure. Uh, but the thing is about Forbath, which made me very nervous about Maher, when they made the move, like we're moving on from Bailey and, and Maher's our guy, is that Forbath has made big kicks in big games in the NFL. And yeah, Maher made some long field goals, but really when it came down to kicks that they had to have, he let them down a lot, you know? And I think the the mental aspect of, of having been there before is a big advantage for him. And uh, yeah, it's just a nice, nice little piece to have as you go into this offseason. Yeah, I agree, and I would also uh, it would pain me if they drafted spent a draft pick on a kicker. So yes, at yeah. least they're rolling out; they won't do that. Um, overall, I think it was a good day in terms of free agency for the Cowboys. I thought they did some really good work today. I think the Gerald McCoy signing, which was really last night, but and it's not official yet, but I think that's a pretty good, reasonable rate rate of money for him. I think the Anthony Brown deal is spectacular. Three at fifteen, I think that is spectacular. Um, and you know, get the kicker situation ironed out, get Joe Looney ironed out. And then get the uh, Maurice Kennedy in here as well with C.J. Goodwin, you know, being a free agent. You may not be retaining him. So uh, a good day of work. Still more work to be done. And if anything does happen, we will be here to talk about it here on The Athletic. The um, Just the only other thing we haven't mentioned, if this is the last kind of free agency update we have, is that Cooper Rush did sign his tender. Most likely will be back here. And um, Cowboys released Donovan Alumba and Daniel Wise both both guys that uh, people thought might have a shot at uh, making the team this year, but yeah, two really good not guys. A, not anymore. Two really good yep. guys that I that I liked having at the back of the roster depth right there. Daniel Wise, though, also, you know, um, Suafilo K- KT is gone as well. Yes, uh, Suafilo to the Bengals. Um, so yeah, it's been a big day. Big day. Maybe uh, maybe there'll be more action uh, going forward. So. Um, you can uh, make sure you tune in. Two couple nights ago, we talked about the Amari Cooper signing. Last night, we talked about uh, Jason Witten, Robert Quinn. If you haven't caught those episodes, make sure you catch up by going to theathletic.com or downloading the Athletic app and listening to the podcast wherever you do listen to podcasts. The podcast is called About Them Cowboys, of course. And for my good friend Kent Garrison, who produced this thing, for Father John Mashota on the beat. I'm Kevin KT Turner, and we'll talk to you sooner than later, and we'll see if the Cowboys do some more stuff. And we'll have another episode 
of About Them Cowboys. 